When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one and all in here, out there, all around the world to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. It was... It was a huge day in Washington, D.C., because at long last, President Joe Biden has released his new budget. And on Capitol Hill, the drama was palpable. The budget of Joe Biden is out! The budget is out! Biden calls for cash, and Congress will answer. The answer is no. (laughs) The New York Times describes Biden's budget as dead on arrival. Dead on arrival is pretty harsh coming from a newspaper. (laughs) My newspaper used to come delivered in a plastic bag. Now comes the little casket. But it's true. The GOP quickly rejected Biden's budget because they prefer deep cuts to health care, food assistance, and housing programs for poor Americans. Yes. (laughs) Now, now, it just reflects the bedrock Judeo-Christian values of the Republican Party and echoes the words of our Lord. For I was hungry, and you said, hey, who gave you that free food? Slap that fish out of his dirty little mouth. Now... (laughs) Shut your dirty little mouth! Now, Biden knows his proposals are unpopular with the GOP, and he don't care. Reportedly, the White House sees no downside whatsoever to throwing out things that would never pass the Republican-controlled House. The fight is the point. Come at me, GOP. Come on. I said, come on. I trained with all the greats. The Pennsylvania Pummeler, the Scranton Scrapper, Kaiser Wilhelm. Come on! Get a knuckle sandwich with the whitest bread you've ever tasted. Come on, Jack Dempsey. There's also news about the former president and his insatiable need for cash and external validation because he's announced plans to publish a book of letters. Well, I mean, it's good to know he's finally learned his letters. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, person, woman, man, camera, TV. It's actually... It's actually... Thank you, yeah, I've been working on it. Nice tone. Halfway there, halfway there. It's actually a book of correspondence written to him, so naturally the cover features him writing a letter. (laughs) Seems a little weird, but writing letters to yourself is a lost art. We all remember this moving moment in Ken Burns' Civil War. My dearest me, I long to see your sweet face again. 
But my mirror broke the other day. How I miss the tender caress of your fingers on my skin. But there's too many other soldiers in this tent, and it would be weird. Forever yours, you. Also, Jim, can we put that cover up again? Look at that lettering in the title. I believe it's the first book whose title is written in Cheese Whiz. <laughs> the, the book includes... Now, you may be thinking, hey, Steve, this book sounds like another one of our greedy ex-president's shameless cash grabs, and you would think real good, because this book he didn't write cost $99. (laughs) Yes, it sounds expensive, but how should he know? He's never bought a book. (laughs) Speaking, speaking of... (laughs) Some of that. So I got a little something. I got a little something about Speaking of amoral grifters, Fox News. It's been a bad couple of weeks for the Fox fascists and friends. In their, in their legal filings, Dominion Voting Systems revealed that the network's upper management and hosts, like Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, never believed the former president's election lies, but promoted them anyway. They even mocked the network's own reporters for correctly calling the 2020 election for Biden. Turns out those reporters are incredibly angry, that these revelations will further sully the reputation of the network's straight news journalists. Really? Really? That's like the people at Taco Bell worrying that the Cool Ranch and Fiery Doritos Locos Tacos is going to further sully the reputation of their ass-blasting salt pockets. Now... Oh, I could go for one. Oh. Fourth meal. One Fox staffer described the revelations as soul-crushing. Oh, it's nice to know someone there still has a soul. (laughs) Because... Because... We know so few of them have a brain. (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, can we zoom in? Another Fox employee commented on the low morale, saying, it's just a really bad time to be working here. Yes! Unlike the golden age of their journalism, warning us about woke Legos and longing for Mr. Potato Head's lost penis. (laughs) Also, that was an exclusive. In search of Mr. Potato Head's sad story. Also, you know what you can do if it's a really bad time to be working at Fox News? You can quit. It's legal. You're not handcuffed to a radiator in the basement. Unless you are. I mean, that would explain the Fox News HR onboarding video. Welcome to Fox News. I trained you to talk to Carlson, and the key is inside your eyeball. There will be cake in the break room later. <laughs> We've got a, uh, a doozy of a story out of Arkansas, thanks to Republican governor and lady at the funeral getting ready to fight the body, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And this story's for the whole family, because earlier this week, Huckagov signed a law loosening child labor protections. Oh, good. Children have been out of the labor market for too long. I mean, today's kids don't know a damn thing about changing bobbins down at the mill. They're all like, oh, I need ten fingers to play Xbox. (laughs) Now, for the record, it was already legal for kids as young as 14 to work in Arkansas, but this law eliminates requirements 
for the state to verify the age of children younger than 16 before they can take a job. Always a good sign when it's easier for a teen to get a job at a meat processing plant than get into a bar. Hold on, kid. Can I see some ID? I'm just pulling your leg. What is this, Applebee's? Now take this machete and break down that hog carcass. Go on. Come on. Don't cry. Governor Huckasans isn't the only Republican hopping on the pro-labor uh, child bandwagon. A GOP bill in Ohio with bipartisan support would allow minors to work year-round until 9 p.m. And in Iowa, Republicans have sponsored a bill that would allow 14- and 15-year-olds to work certain jobs in meatpacking plants. 14 years old. For reference, this is me at 14. <laughs> Would you really want that kid mechanically separating your chicken parts? Really? These bills loosen protections in some of the most dangerous workplaces. Case in point, Iowa's bill would allow students to work in places like mines if those jobs are part of a work-based learning program. <laughs> or you can learn a lot by working in the mines, like why we used to have laws to keep kids from working in mines. <laughs> The Iowa bill. About, a, about 100 years? Yeah. About 100 years we've had those laws? Something like that? The Iowa bill would also allow 16 and 17 year olds to serve alcohol. Not only is that dangerous, do you really want to trust your cocktail to a 16 year old bartender? Oh, here you go, sir. Uh, blue Gatorade and my dad's gin served in a Poland spring bottle. <laughs> if, you, if you keep the cap on, you can sneak it into the game. <laughs> These bills... <laughs> these bills are part of a nationwide problem. In recent New York Times investigation found that migrant child labor is running rampant, and the Department of Labor has seen nearly 70% increase in child labor violations since 2018. So instead of penalizing those companies, Republicans have decided to just change the rules. It's a political strategy called playing a board game with a six-year-old. No, you didn't win, Mom. There's a new rule that says you can only win if your name is Devin. Okay, Mom, we'll finish this game tomorrow. I gotta go break down a hog carcass. <laughs> Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Yes, tonight of the dynamic duo you know from the movie 9 to 5 and the hit comedy series Grace and Frankie. They now star in the new film Moving On. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. It is, it is so, as you can tell, everybody's so happy to see you, as am I. And it's nice to see that after 43 years after 9 to 5, you two are still working together and still friends. Jane, I'll start with you. Um, how would you describe your relationship with Lily? Just short of intimate. <laughs> no, I mean, 
Just think about it. I get to, I've made three feature films with her and seven years as Grace and Frankie. Working alongside somebody who is a genuine genius. I mean, she... Ch Exactly right. Yeah. 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 I mean, nobody. There's nobody like her. She redefined one woman show. <laughs> Don't make uh, fun of me. I'm being serious. I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Lily, how and would I, you describe I, your relationship well, with Jane? Well, I too am serious when I say somewhat distant. <laughs> really? Really? Well, that's how you keep the love alive. Even when you're together, it's a long-distance relationship? Somewhat. You withhold a little bit, you know? Sure. Always sure. holding something mysterious and... and aspirative and... not... just not divulging everything. Sure. Sure. Leave them wanting a little more. Right. Now, I know you guys have done... And I know I'm not telling a tale out of school here. This is a public knowledge. You guys have done peyote together. And I was wondering... A lot of people are microdosing and stuff like that. What was that experience like? And well, would you I, mi I microdosed. She's not that advanced. Really? <laughs> are you microdosing right now? Yeah, of course. Would you would you would, would y'all recommend the effects of peyote? Well, I've always had really good experiences with peyote, but the time we took it together, I it was horrible. I, it was I I I totally paranoid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it was the worst, but I've, I've, I love it. But I wouldn't do peyote unless you're with a guide or someone who can kind of move like you. A shaman. A shaman. As I am. You are. <laughs> do, you think it, do you think it would be good for me? Do you think it would loosen me up a little bit, mess yeah. up my perfect oh, heart a little bit? Mm -hmm. I think you need a little peyote, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Would you guide me? And I'll me? be your guide. Well, you... No, don't, don't. No. No. No, I will be your guide. No. Yeah. All right. Did... Are you married? What? <laughs> Are you married? Am I married? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I know what? you're married, because I, I kissed you once. You did? Yes. You yes. did kiss me once. Right. Yes. 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 It was because I was so scared to go on his show, because I had something really important and serious to talk about. And, and he, you know, this is his old self, when, when he, he would become somebody the else. The Colbert Report, when I did a character, yes. Yeah, character and who it didn't... scared me to death, and I didn't know what to do and how to handle you, and so I just walked in and sat on your lap and kissed you, and that shut you up. <laughs> yes, it did. And then you mentioned something about your wife. That's how Yes, I, my wife married. was not happy okay. about it, Jane Fonda. Okay, okay. <laughs> My wife was not happy about you sitting well, on my lap Well, she certainly won't be happy about me guiding you doing pe peyote. Okay. <laughs> we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Stick around. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... 
amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, we're back with the stars of the new movie Moving On, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll start with you on this one. I've, you're, you're both proud feminists, but Jane, you've said you're a late bloomer to feminism. That is surprising to me. You're, you're no... Shrinking flower, you don't mind stirring I the pot. I had to be divorced. You had to what? I had to be, I could not be married. I've been married three times. Yeah. I had to get that all out of the way because <laughs> my marriages were not democratic. And so I couldn't be a really embodied feminist. I was, you know, when I was in my 30s and I was driving across country, I, a friend of mine in New York said, I'm looking out my window and I see 5,000 women marching and protesting in the streets for, for abortion rights. And I wrote in my journal, why, are, why is this a movement? Why are they protesting? It's such a waste of time when the war is, it was the Vietnam War, war is going on. I mean, I just, I didn't understand, but over the years, I, you know, I, I got to know Gloria Steinem and Robin Morgan and foundational feminists and, and, um, so I made movies that were women-centered, and I, I wrote books and everything. But when I was finally divorced, thank God, <laughs> from my favorite ex-husband, um, I went and saw Eve Ensler's play, Vagina Monologues, and she was performing it. Yes. Yeah, and she was performing the whole thing. She's now called V. And it was while I was laughing, I could feel my feminism moving from my head into my body, and I became an embodied feminist. Lily, was there, was there a moment? <laughs> Young lady, Lily, was there a, a, there was a sort of profound moment uh, when you sort of understood the goals or the needs for feminism? Yes, but of course I was much younger. <laughs> I was a, an usherette at the Avalon Theater in Detroit when I was 14. Wow. And uh, I was working illegally. Uh, at, <laughs> No or, child labor laws at the Avalon Theater no, in Detroit? Not, not too this many. This is in, in Michigan, Detroit, right? Yeah. yeah. Detroit, yeah. Michigan, right. Yeah. <laughs> How's the peyote, Jane? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You're and an so, usherette. I'm an usherette, and uh, gentlemen prefer blondes with Rosalind Russell and... Not Rosalind Russell, Jane Russell. Yes. Far Cry. And uh, Marilyn Monroe were the stars of. Sure. And there was a, a middle-aged couple leading, leaving the theater early while the film still was being exhibited. Really? And uh, the wife is saying, come on, let's go. And the husband's dr drifting back. He has to watch the picture again and again. And she says, come on, they don't have any talent anyway. And he said, they don't need any. <laughs> And what did that mean to you at 14? That hit me like I finally knew what a consciousness click was. And uh, it just opened the vault. And I felt that, well, of course, that meant that the women were diminished. They were marginalized. They didn't have it. Just how they looked was good enough. Right. 
That was all that was important, not what they were doing, how talented they were, uh, what gifts they might have otherwise, just as human beings, more than just, you know, shaking and jiggling. It's what, what they were doing uh, profoundly on the screen at that moment. Yes? I'm just politely listening. Now, let, let, let's talk about women and talent, because you are back on screen together, starring in the new movie, Moving On. Uh, Lily, I understand you called up the, the writer-director and... Paul and, White. ...and say, make this movie. I said, I said, why don't you write a movie for me and uh, my... Uh, uh, Sidekick. My friend. <laughs> and he said, sure. And he said, oh, that's good. He thought about it, and he wrote one. So what's it about? It's a, it's a revenge movie, kind of. Uh, you and guys are the Revengers? Well, she, she's sort of the, the more the wanting to be the Revenger, and I'm kind of there to stop her mm -hmm. uh, and pound some sense into her head, but... it's um, not what happens. And then I kind of be... <laughs> Then I be, I kind of get, I get in the groove, too. Anyway, it's a, it's a black comedy. It's very funny. I didn't even know it was a comedy. <laughs> Those are the best comedies. Those are the best comedies and when the actors don't really even know. But, no, but I seriously didn't. When I first saw the movie with an audience, yeah. you know, originally in the script, my first word was, I want to kill you. I'm going to do it this weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, it was... We, there was another scene in, in the final movie that comes first, but, you know, when I went to the theater and I said that line and the place burst into laughter, and I thought, well, I've failed. I mean... <laughs> Ev evidently not. We should all fail so much. Now, we have a clip here. Can you explain what's going on in this clip? You both are in a car, and why? Uh, well, um, <clears throat> a, a dog, a dog of, uh, who figures into the play minimally, uh, Hat was uh, barking and carrying on, and they were trying to leave the, the where I lived. There was a parking lot, and the dog leaps out of the van finally and jumps into her arms and knocks her down and breaks her arm. Oh! So she's driving me to the emergency room. Thank That's you for that tag team explanation. That. <laughs> That's a partnership right there. Yeah. Jim. So how's your hip? My hip's fine. So it's just your arm. Yes, it's just my arm that seems broken. I guess that's lucky. I mean, for your hip. Yeah, oh, God, be careful. Ow, ow, ow. Oh, ow. my God. That was a stop sign. I can see that now. How long has it been since you had a license? Um, eight years. Lily. So lovely to see you again. Is that the end of it? It is the end. Jane, it was so lovely to see Good you. To Thank see you so much. Thanks for having Moving us. Moving On will be in theaters on March 17th. It's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, 
New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.